Welcome to the Stress-Free Living Show. My name is Kara, and I'm a registered nurse and holistic health coach, and I help ambitious women just like you who struggle with binge eating disorders and diabetes heal the stress from within in a completely holistic way that addresses more than behavior and food. My mission is to permanently help you reclaim your health, vitality, self-esteem, and confidence so that you experience the happiness, joy, and wealth that comes with true holistic healing. You've come to the right place, and I can't wait for you to experience the same joy and love for yourself that comes with that holistic transformation. Hi, you guys. Episode 23 here. Today's so special because I just celebrated my 30th birthday, and I'm feeling very thankful and reflecting on what a blessing it is to have my health, my friends, and family, and the life that I live. I'm coming back really refreshed from a day in Joshua Tree National Park. Um, My boyfriend Matt surprised me with a little um, night trip out there and I am learning to balance like, you know, taking these little trips and taking like, you know, these opportunities to rejuvenate myself in nature and I'm really starting to be glad that national parks don't have any phone service. I feel like in the past I've been like, oh, worried a lot about like whether or not I was going to have phone service, but I've found myself this time just being thankful that I didn't have to worry about checking my phone or watching a screen. And then I came back and I opened my laptop and I realized that I felt different and just more refreshed. And I thought that was just so incredible. And I hadn't really realized that before. Um, so I want to invite you also, if you have not already reviewed or rated the podcast, to go over to Apple uh, Podcasts and leave a review talking about what you like about the Stress-Free Living Show. Right now I'm doing a giveaway of $25 gift card um, to Amazon if you leave a review and you send me in my email the name that you left the review. So I do this every single month. Um, I am really looking forward to having more reviews so more people can find the podcast and enjoy um, stress management tips because we live in such a stressful world and a lot of people, they don't know how to manage stress. And I was one of them even three years ago and I'm learning every single day. So thank you so much if you have done that. And um, I am excited to read any reviews that come in soon. I also want to take this opportunity to invite you to apply for a health history session. This is a one-on-one 50-minute session where you talk about what you're dealing with in your health and where you'd like to go, and I listen. And this can be helpful because you can have a breakthrough just talking about what's going on with you and what you'd like to see happen and what you'd like to see change. So if that interests you at all, go to the link in the show notes and sign up in the link. And I'm so looking forward to speaking with you. Now, it's also come to my attention that I should answer this question. How does binge eating and bulimia recovery relate to stress management? This is because when we're in an eating disorder, we're turning to it because we don't know how to manage the stress that's manifesting in our lives. Even though it's an unhealthy coping mechanism, we can't stop. Because we're addicted to the behavior and it seems like so much work to just shift out of it and change our lives. So that is why I talk so much about stress management when it comes to this, and I think it's completely integral because I really didn't know how to manage stress when it was when I was sick, and I really want to put the tools in your hands to be able to take the next steps forward in your recovery. 
So that is a good segue into the most important lessons I learned in 30 years that helped me with managing stress and helped me take steps forward that transformed my entire life. And I choose to talk about this today because of my birthday. I'm in reflection mode. I'm thinking about how far I've come and appreciating that. And I want to share this with you. So the first one is releasing the expectation to check things off a list by a certain age. More of us than not move through our 20s feeling like we need to do things like get married or have a child by a certain time or else it means something negative about us. Like there's something wrong with us or that we aren't doing life the right way. It does get hard when family asks us questions about our life, but I I ended up getting married when it wasn't the right thing for me. I hadn't learned certain things about my life and about myself and I was really sick. I had an eating disorder and I needed to grow more as a person to understand more about what a marriage should actually be like. It wasn't until the last three years that I began searching for what was true for me versus what I had been told was true for me by others my whole life. Lesson two is sometimes you're going to have to fight for the feeling of joy. It's so easy to get sucked into the trap of I've been working so hard. Why is nothing happening? Why is my situation not changing? And why do I not feel better? Why, why, why? I can say this because I get stuck in this loop sometimes and it's really a killer of forward movement, hope, or a positive outlook that helps you to do your best work despite how things look in your life. This is actually one of the areas I've had to do healing codes around and invite God into. I've struggled to feel joy and gratitude, but everywhere I turn, I realize that having these elements and these virtues in my heart is the best way to live my life. So don't be afraid to fight for joy and gratitude, even when you don't feel it. Sometimes we don't feel things in our heart and we feel like we don't have it, but sometimes we just have to like work at it. We have to invite God to give that to us and ask for that. And sometimes like making a gratitude list or a joy list doesn't help. So I had to ask to feel grateful and joyful. And it's been working more and more the more that I focus on that I want to feel grateful because I know that I have so many things to be grateful for and so many reasons to be joyful, but sometimes it's hard to just feel those things. So that's why this lesson was important to me. And the third lesson is taking care of your finances is a part of your health and should be taken so seriously. By following a spending plan, investing in retirement, or saving for emergencies, and paying off your credit card each month, you're taking part of a very important part of yourself. And when you do this, you plan ahead, you provide yourself security, and you're treating yourself with respect. I once heard someone say that giving a gift that you can't afford is a lie. And what that means is, like when you use a credit card to buy something and you're not able to pay down your balance with the money that you have later, that that gift is not something that you can afford and it's actually not like a, it's not a true gift. You can't afford it. Also, paying down debt swiftly by following something like a debt snowball by Dave, like the theory that Dave Ramsey gives in his books, is a really sure way to stay laser focused on a goal of financial freedom. And sometimes you'll go into debt because of something important, but the important part is that you have a plan to pay it off and that plan is realistic for you. Lesson four, take care of your health like it's your most important asset, because it is. This is why I've chosen to become a health coach after becoming a nurse and seeing the condition of people's health, lives, and spirits. People are so sick, depressed, and broken, and I was the same way, so I lived that life too. I struggled with binge eating, and 
you know, in the form of bulimia for 11 years before I took the leap and applied this principle that I now live by. Some things are worth it to invest in and some are not. And I would say that each person should be the judge of if something is worth it for you to invest in in your health. For example, um, something like hiring a coach as a temporary expense. Sometimes we don't know where the money is going to come from for a coach, but we just have this feeling in your gut, in your chest that you know that you need to do that. Sometimes you know it's not the right move. But when you're working through something that you know you need to heal because it's holding you back, preventing you or like preventing you from leveling up in life, don't be afraid to take the leap and leave no stone unturned on your journey. And lesson five is strength training is the new cardio. Um, Well, let's just say that 45 minutes of cardio five times a week is not as effective as we once thought. And strength training all the muscle groups in rotation for 30 minutes three times a week and doing two to three sessions of 30 to 45 minutes of cardio is a better combination and a more effective use of your time. And here's the yin to the yang. If you're feeling burnt out from exercise because you've been too rigid with it or you're feeling exhausted for some way like I was at one point with my eating disorder, um, sometimes when you have an eating disorder and you're like having body dysmorphia or like anything like that, you feel like you need to control the way your body looks by exercising. Now, it's kind of like a catch-22 because we know how healthy exercise is for the rest of our body. But, you know, we need to maybe trade in that word of exercise for the concept of movement and play. Other things that get your heart rate up so you can get the benefit of elevated heart rate for all the benefit it has on your mental health, your brain, your muscles, your bones, and your heart, and longevity, not to mention... Because we don't want to just age. We want to age gracefully and we want to age healthfully. So um, exercise and strength training is a very vital part of that mission. Ideas for, you know, helping do movement could be things like picking up a sport like tennis or badminton, swimming in the waves at the beach, or, you know, taking a walk or a hike with a friend, walking dogs, things like that, that feel just more, you know, that you look forward to it. And those are, you know very helpful I've found in the past. So we know that exercise also supports digestion and metabolism. So, you know, we have to kind of shift our focus sometimes to be able to allow our bodies and our minds to be in harmony with each other and make those decisions based on where we're at at this time. Lesson six is having faith in God is more difficult than it seems sometimes. When you go through seasons that are particularly challenging and you're praying the whole way through, it sometimes becomes difficult to believe God is behind you. Pardon me, I'm going to take a drink of water. And before you and right there, like, we struggle sometimes to believe that God is, like, right there with us. And, like, we feel like his hand is in our lives or, like, our presence is right there because... I've learned that we don't need to strive for salvation and keep working to make him see our good efforts. Instead, we should focus more on resting more and believing that his will will come to pass and that indeed our prayer has been answered and that we should do whatever is necessary to make sure that we have the faith that helps us hope for the future. This is like such a constant battle for me because I need to go into prayer meditation and do healing codes on this issue because I've struggled to feel joy when I'm working on a goal. I've struggled to see God moving in my life when something feels like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for so long. Like, why is nothing changing? And I feel like I'm not alone in this. I feel like all of us go through something like this in one way, shape, or form. And that's why I think it's so important to bring this lesson up because... 
I think what helps the most is that, you know, I can just look back on my life and recall during certain seasons that have been like similar, like they felt very long and very like difficult. And I can recall how amazingly God has come through for me when that season has closed and I've stepped into victory. It seemed dark and hopeless until it wasn't anymore. Another thing that I want to bring up during this lesson that I've learned is that moping and feeling down will not push your blessings away. I do not agree with thinking like once we're in a negative headspace, we're pushing our our manifestations and our blessings further away. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's important to stay in a positive headspace because we enjoy our days and our moments of our lives more deeply when we're in that headspace, but I don't believe that it pushes what we want out of our hands. Like unless God has got some, you know, good and fruitful reason for, you know, lengthening a certain time or a certain like period in our life. But I I think that when we're starting to align with the idea that we, you know, if we think this way, we're starting to align more with the idea that we have to behave in a certain way for God to bless us. And I just don't believe that that's true. I believe that we need to rest in God and pray for our heart's desires and give our life to Jesus and invite him into our hearts, asking the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts, beliefs, and actions and spend time reading the Bible and praying and giving glory to him in various ways. Worshiping by singing is just one way. It can be leaping about in your apartment and saying thank you, or just plainly humming quietly in nature and thinking about God's goodness. God hears your thanks, and he is really delighted by it. And just believe and have faith in that it's already been done for you, and that the timing is not always in our control, and that's okay. That leads me to this one lesson, number seven that it's important to let go of the things that we literally have no control over. Sometimes we do all the things and all the inner work and we take care of our own business and we feel like we're on track and then something happens, like somebody cuts you off or you have to slam your brakes on and all your groceries in the back seat fall on the floor of your car or you give your friend your trust and treat them like gold and then you go out of your way for them and then you feel disappointed when you notice that you'd feel that they're not doing the same for you. So I let it go and I recognize this mantra. I cannot control the behavior of others, but I am in control of how I react in this situation. Then I ask, what would I do if I handled this with grace and respect for myself? In that way, we value ourselves truly. It is true that we get what we put out there when we treat others well, but it doesn't always look how we think it will, and that's okay. Let it go so you can feel lighter in spirit. And this control surrendering goes hand in hand with lesson eight of forgiving others. Something happens with a friend all of a sudden and they said they were gonna make plans with you and then you come to find out they're actually hanging out with somebody else. And that was plans they made after they made plans with you. So it feels really sucky and it's easy to get resentful and put up walls with that person. But the most important thing you can do is just to forgive them and release what you're feeling and just be like, I forgive you. Like you can just say it in your head or you can like, if you want to talk to them and like, you know, share them with them, how you feel. Um, I believe in talking and communication. I think that that can bring people closer together. Um, I also think that sometimes like, it's not always necessary to talk with somebody and just to, you know, tell God that you forgive them and that you're releasing feelings of resentment and, you know, moving on. I feel like that forgiveness is very important for our health and our well-being. 
Lesson nine is the final lesson, and that is doing things little by little, baby stepping my way through changes that have seemed hard in the past. When recovering from bulimia, I did, I did so by bringing in a helpful element that I felt the recovered version of me would do each and every day. When I got that one thing into my habitual practices every day and it felt automatic, I would add another one. After six weeks of doing this, I was snowballing myself into recovery one helpful habit at a time, and I no longer had room for binge eating habits, and it felt so good to feel like I had taken accountability and responsibility for my own healing, and I was just doing it little by little, and I didn't think of it all in one big chunk. So this concludes my nine lessons that I learned that helped me decrease stress and bring out ease and peace in my life, and it aided in my recovery from bulimia and prediabetes. You know, each week I do leave you with a prayer and affirmation, so this week I will pray over you right now that you will be gifted with divine strength and knowledge to make a move forward in an area that you've been feeling stuck. God is with you and is hearing you. He wants to see you have victory. Have faith, and you will have your victorious moment. Thank you so much for joining for this episode, and until next week, goodbye.